Welcome to Truthiverse, the number one podcast for free and discerning minds. I'm your host, Brendan Murphy, author and founder of The Truthiversity. As a freedom hacker and truth addict, it's my job to help you reclaim yourself from illusion and live in your power. Living in truth sets you free to holistically upgrade your entire life so you can explore infinite possibility. Join me as we hack our way to a higher evolution. Hey, and welcome. Truth of Us is an audience-supported podcast and an audience-supported Substack as well. You can find me over there on Substack at official Brendan Murphy. And if you enjoy this work, please join the growing body of consciously evolving minds and voyage with us into forgotten and forbidden realms of knowledge. So do hit that like button, share with your fellow seekers. And if you haven't yet, please do consider becoming a paid subscriber, whether it's over on my Substack or through buying me a coffee right here via the podcast. Also, feel free to check out my private evolutionary accelerator, Evolve Yourself, over at evolveyourself.live for the free masterclass. And of course, I do invite you to join me inside the members-only Truthiversity for all premium content, including part two of every podcast. See truthiversity.com for more information. Researching, writing, and podcasting is what I do full-time, so thanks in advance for your support. It does mean a lot to me. All right, well, hello and welcome to this final episode of Truthiverse for 2023. Um, If you've been wondering where I've been for the last few weeks, I've been kind of out of action. Uh, It's been a slow month. The uh, family's been going through a bit of a detox process triggered by our beloved little one and uh, unfortunately the adults of the house could not escape it so uh, yes that is one of the wonderful things of having an infant who can't sort of breathe through their mouths when they've got a snotty nose <laughs> and they keep you up all night <clears throat> night after night after night so yeah eventually the the sleep depra- deprivation got to me and I kind of crash and burn we've been kind of just convalescing ever since for the last few weeks so I haven't posted a new episode. Uh, the last one was the interview with David Whitehead, uh, which has been very well received. Uh, so well done, David Boy. And uh, I just, I wasn't going to sort of have anyone on the show this week. I just wanted to kind of check in and say good day. And, um, and thanks for one thing to you, my listeners out there who've been tuning in this year and maybe even since the beginning um, and a special Warm welcome to those of you who've just joined over the past few weeks or months and are still getting to know me. If you're, <laughs> if you're not triggered out of your mind yet, that's great. Well played to you. Well played. Um, so basically, I wasn't going to pick like a, a subject like I normally would. This is kind of like an end of year kind of run down, casual chat. Going to do some end of year awards, um, the inaugural Truthiverse um Awards, which uh, kind of a little bit tongue-in-cheek. We'll get to that in a second. Um, what else? Uh, let me think, let me think. So that's what I've been doing the last few weeks. Very quiet, just trying to get back in action, really build the energy levels up. Um, you know, obviously, I don't. if you've been following along for a while, you understand already that I don't subscribe to uh, Contagion um, because the evidence against it is overwhelming. The evidence for it is incredibly underwhelming. Um, and the more we learn about the the way nature works, the way the human body works, the more discredited uh, germ theory becomes. And I actually think that we should stop calling it germ theory, as, as some others have suggested. I believe that um, this suggestion goes back decades, um, if not a century or more. We should stop calling it a theory because the basic hypothesis was never validated in the first place. And every time they've tried to infect people with the fluids of a sick person, they've failed. And, you know, I did an episode on that, Can You Catch the Flu? Um, it might have been episode 25 of the show. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. Um, uh, where we, we talked about some of those experiments that were done and, um, you know, quite vile and disgusting experiments where bodily fluids were given from the sick man to a healthy man. 
Um, and nothing happened. And they did this with 100, 100 volunteers, 100 healthy volunteers. Nothing happened. Um, and they've done multiple different types of experiments like this uh, over the decades. And the, the nutshell summation of it is that in terms of contagion hypothesis, uh, it's just the whole set of experiments has been an abject failure. Um, so the more we learn, the more we understand this isn't how nature works. But there is a mechanism for so-called contagion, which I do get into. Um, I wrote a substack about it. I also have a presentation in the end of COVID about it, where I dig into it a little bit more. And that is basically through the phenomenon of resonance. And we are electromagnetic beings. We exchange information constantly with each other, at least most of the time. Um, Valerie Hunt did some really interesting research around that back in the 70s and 80s, uh, which she wrote about in her book, Infinite Mind. Um, and that was where she demonstrated, actually scientifically demonstrated and proved that humans exchange information electrically um, when they are in close proximity. Uh, and so that is one of the ways that we can um, explain so-called contagion. Try to explain it through mechanisms like germs, <laughs> viruses and other unicorns like that doesn't work. But when we look at resonance, electromagnetism, um, you know, falling into entrainment with somebody else's physiology, that's where it starts to actually make sense. Um, and that is where I think we get uh, an, expl an explanation for shedding as well. You know, this is, this is something that's concerned a lot of people in the truth movement since the rollout of the, the uh, pointy things. And the, the fact is that we don't have to be afraid of people who have received those pointy things. We don't need to be afraid of them. It's just a matter of understanding, okay, so they have been poisoned and their bodies are reacting. They are desperately, their physiology is desperately trying to clean out the garbage they have just been, um, they've just received. And if you are maybe in close proximity to someone like that, if your body is not in great shape, if you're a little bit out of balance yourself, maybe a little bit, uh, you know, run down, for example, like I was a few weeks ago, then you, you may be susceptible. Um, that communication between the bodies, the electromagnetic exchanging of information can trigger you into your own detox process. It doesn't mean that they've infected you with a, a germ. That is garbage. Um, so there you go. You know, that's something you could look into. I know there's, um, aside from my presentation on that in the end of COVID, there's 87, I've got three presentations in it. There's 87 others aside from mine. So if you're, you know, like a rookie in this and you're really quite still unsure of terrain versus germs, don't go to don't go to mine, go and watch the other ones. Go to the ones that explain and dig into the scientific method and how the field of say virology has failed to adhere to the scientific method. Um, and dig into that stuff so you get the fundamentals down pat. Uh, that said, I don't want to <laughs> don't want to harp on this for the whole whole show. I kind of just wanted to skip from one thing to the next. Uh, one of the other things that came up on my radar uh, just yesterday on a uh, on an Instagram thread uh, was the idea that uh, what was it? The guy commenting was trying to reverse the burden of proof. Now, and this was this was again to do with germ theory and viruses. And what he was saying was, well, the the paradigm of viruses and germ theory in general is so entrenched and so popular, you're going to have to, you know, you guys are going to have to try to prove negative to try to convince people that, you know, essentially Santa's not real. 
Um, but the thing is, that is a burden of proof reversal fallacy. The burden of proof is always on the person making the positive claim. If I come to you and say Santa Claus is real, I have to provide evidence that Santa Claus is real. Uh, if I can't do that, actual real evidence, then you have no obligation whatsoever to listen to me, let alone believe what I'm telling you. And that is the situation with anything, particularly um, viruses. The reality is that the scientific method has never been adhered to properly in that field of research. So <laughs> when they're the ones making the positive claim, there's a unicorn making you sick, an invisible tiny little unicorn making you sick and it's hopping from you to the other person and making them sick. Well, that's their affirmative claim. And if they can't support it with actual scientific method and empirical observation, then nobody has any obligation to believe it or listen. Period. That's how this works. So we don't have to prove the negative. We just simply have to say, well, do you have any evidence? Do you have any proof? Okay, well, we've looked at your methods. Turns out that they're bogus. They're unscientific. This is garbage. Go away. Get lost. Go and learn how nature actually works. Um, so we don't need to prove a negative. We just have to be open-minded enough and curious enough to actually want to learn about this. And that takes obviously a little bit of time and effort, but I keep, I'm at the point now where since the end of COVID came out, I can just refer people to that. The end of COVID, just go and watch that. If you've got whatever question you've got about this, just go and do that. There's 90 presentations in there. It's got you covered. Okay. It explains all of the science. It explains all the science that hasn't been done. It explains how we ended up with the very concept of a virus, a pathogenic virus that infects people. It'll tell you all of that stuff, and you'll be very, very clear. If you manage to get through all of the relevant presentations that focus on that material, you'll, you'll be very clear by the end of that uh, that we've been scammed, we've been had. Um, so yes, the burden of proof is always on he who affirms, and that would be the virus cult, the cult of virology and the believers. You guys are the ones with the burden of proof. I used to believe, don't get me wrong, I get it. I understand why you think what you think and believe what you believe, because I used to share those beliefs beliefs, you know, years ago. Um, but I had the blessing before 2020 kicked off, you know, wink nudge. I'm going to try and avoid certain keywords because uh, I've already been slammed. Um, before 2020, I had the, the, the good fortune of already starting to become familiar with problems with the, the virus paradigm and virology in general, their methods, their lack of evidence, lack of proof, lack of actual science. Um, and, you know, I was first exposed to the, the simple fact that Koch's postulates have never, ever been fulfilled for any pathogen um, back in around 2014. So I think that was roughly when it started for me, like to go down, you know, going down that rabbit hole, uh, which meant by the time 2020 rolled around, you know, I'd already read books like uh, Virus Mania, which is an excellent book. If you haven't read it, I've been recommending it ever since the you know, start of 2020. Wink nudge. Um, and so I was well prepared to just see and recognize, okay, this is, this is a scam. Here's the deal. And if people were simply educated, you know, we wouldn't have had that, that problem. It never could have succeeded anywhere near to the extent that it did if people understood terrain paradigm correctly and understood the fraud inherent in virology. We never could have been suckered into all of that garbage, you know, all, all the things, all the preventatives and the measures and blah, blah, blah. Never would have worked because it all relied on the premise of contagion and viruses pathogenic viruses so rubbish you can't prove it you've got no evidence you have no science go away okay so <laughs> you can check out my um i've got that on substack or an article on substack but i do recommend the end of covid uh, as a resource uh i'll give you the link now it's the end of slash ref slash 346 
and I'll repeat that later. Please go and check it out. You know, I, I, this is what I do now when people keep asking the same questions or raising the same objections. Just go and watch the end of COVID, please, for the love of God. I don't want to keep repeating myself. So, what else? Let's do some maybe, let's do some end of year awards. This is a, a little more lighthearted, although I've got to say some of it's a little heavy. Um, it's been an interesting year. This is very, very much my own uh, little tongue-in-cheek take on things. Um so without further further ado, ladies and gents, the inaugural Truthiverse annual award ceremony. And uh, here is my lovely assistant, um, Jennifer, <laughs> to help me. Uh, this is a, obviously a very low budget award ceremony. So let's get into it. I'm going to start with the award for the Masters of Hypocrisy. And okay, drum roll. The award goes to the state of, starts with is, ends with L. I'm not going to say it because, again, it's going to get slammed if I'm not already <laughs> for saying certain other words. The Masters of Hypocrisy Award goes to that entity over there in the Middle East, is <clears throat> L. So, I think I have a sneaking suspicion these guys are going to come in for a lot of hardware tonight. They're going to rack up some, some pretty... Um, uh, pretty major hardware. Lots of awards coming their way. The next award is the Best Periodical Nonconformist Publication. And there's a few out there. There's a few decent ones out there. But the winner is, for 2023 in Truthiverse, New Dawn. New Dawn Magazine. And uh, not the not the white supremacist one. <laughs> uh, it was brought to my attention uh, a few years ago that apparently there's two New Dawn magazines. And one of them is a white supremacist publication. I didn't know that. Um... So that was quite an eye-opener to find out that I, uh, <laughs> you know, I've been publishing and getting published in New Dawn and uh, some of the people at the time that we were hanging out with were like, well, you've been published in New Dawn? This is a white supremacist thing. And we're like, oh, hang on a second. I think there's been a slight misunderstanding here. Um, so they're based, these guys are based out in, uh, in Melbourne, New Dawn. One of the best publications out there. Uh, I've been in the last couple of... Uh, regular monthly, uh, bi-monthlies, and the last, I think I had a piece in the last special issue as well. So go check them out. Uh, they just published the um, forecast for the year ahead, so this is a, a regular standard issue that's just come out. Uh, forecast for 2024. Go check them out. New Dawn Magazine. Not the white supremacist one. The next award is the Best Avoider of the Fundamental Issues. The award for the best avoider of the fundamental issues. And we have a tie for first place here. Drum roll. Steve Kirsch and Jeremy Hammond and all the other virus pushers who continue to push this contagion garbage without actually addressing the root issues. Well done, ladies and gents. Congrats. Um, the next award is relevant. And this one brings me great joy to announce. So this award is for the most courageous public turnaround award okay so most courageous public turnaround that is someone who's changed their mind changed their view and done it in a very public way and the award goes to mike yaden mike yaden who was steeped in germ theory and contagion and you know for decades and the guy's what ex-pfizer ceo of science head of science um so, you know, of all the people on earth, he was pretty heavily indoctrinated. Of all the people in the world who, 
you'd think may not ever be able to change their mind or take a rational, objective look at the facts, you'd think he would have been a good candidate. But to his credit, he has publicly done a turnaround and come out and, and at least admitted that he now realises that the uh, clown vid mm, virus is not real, that it's all garbage. So well done, Mike. Congratulations. Stoked to be able to give you this award. Um, now, the next award is relevant too, so I guess uh, there's a bit of a theme alert here. This award is for the best at pretending nothing's wrong while your house burns down around you. And the award goes to the whole field of virology. And they are tied for first place with um, American Biden supporters and actually anyone who still believes in the two-party political paradigm in general. So congratulations, everybody there. All you indoctrinated folk, well played. Now, uh, the award for the best health or medical summit is for the end of COVID. The award goes to the end of COVID. As I said, an excellent, excellent resource. And uh, we will keep you busy for weeks, if not months. But that's all you'll need. That's all you need right now. I recommend this as the best place to go, especially if you're not much of a reader. If you want, if you'd prefer to watch videos, go and do the end of COVID. Uh, that, and that is something that you know, you'll be able to refer back to years and decades from now. It will get you clear. It will give you a quantum leap ahead in your knowledge base. Um, cool. So next award goes to, well, this, this next award is for the most convincing real-life Bond villain. The most convincing real-life Bond villain. And the award goes to Klaus Schwab. Need I say more? Klaus was head and shoulders above the rest of the Bond villains. Um, what can I say? Just just a sterling effort, really obviously committed to, to that role and um, went gangbusters, held nothing back. So, classy baby, we love you. Keep doing you. Keep, uh, keep doing those Bond villains proud. Now, the next award is for the most obvious controlled opposition. And the term controlled opposition is one that uh, has irked me for years now because... Truthers like to throw it around like confetti at a wedding. It is one of the most the most overused terms in this in the truth movement. I don't even like using that term, but you know it's overused, very heavily overused. People throw this stuff around willy nilly, very little due diligence, very little um, supporting evidence. You know, it's like we we're, we're in this sort of interesting milieu here. Um, even though I don't identify myself as a truther as such. But in that in that realm, you know, we we have this kind of like unwritten rule that you can basically just sort of make any claim you want and say anything you want, and it's okay because, well, you know, you're a truther. It uh, must be true. Uh, but yes, yeah, some very sloppy sort of work gets done. Uh, so most con most obvious controlled opposition. This is actually, an, I think, I can justify. This is one of the few times I will justify using that term. And so the award goes to. Chris Sky. Chris Sky is by far and away this year's winner of the most obvious example of controlled opposition. Um, and, you know, he, he put himself back. He's never really been, I've never followed him. I don't really follow anybody, um, you know, just do my own thing for the most part. But uh, he was back on the radar recently when he started doing these really unhinged rants about people who don't believe in viruses anymore. Um, really hostile, really unhinged. And then I started to look into it a little bit. There's been some research done around him and some of the dodgy uh, dodgy phenomena that have followed him around and, and dodgy connections um, and just sort of telltale signs that, that he is, um, 
you know, he, he has been involved, likely involved with or sponsored by certain uh, agencies. Uh, and so, yeah, I think The Amazing Polly did a, a show on this once where she dove into it in, in some depth. Uh, I haven't seen that, but you know, might want to chase it down if you're super inter- interested in this. Um, I also shared, uh, there was an article I shared on a Facebook thread not long ago about, um, written by someone else about this subject. And it just brings up a lot of these sort of very dodgy, suspect-looking things that make me think, well, you know, this guy has definitely earned the award, um, not just because of the unhinged rants against uh, people who have left the, the virus cult, but just because of those super suspect elements of his story and his backstory and his background. Um, nothing really against him, just, uh, and, and in fact, you know, it seems that he may have been involved, uh, used and abused within certain networks. Um, it may be the case that he's actually been put through quite a lot, uh, been, been quite traumatized, um, which would certainly feed into somebody's, you know, being more, uh, you know, erratic or unhinged, you know, more easily triggered, more volatile, uh, that would fit that profile. So yeah, there you go. Um, he wins the most obvious control op award, and again, most of the time I see that term thrown around, I cringe because I know people haven't done their due diligence, and I just I've noticed in the truth community the, <laughs> the standard of acceptance of what passes as due diligence is appalling. It is absolutely appalling. Anyway, next award, the next award for the most asleep truther, the most asleep truther award. Well. It is a tie. We have a tie. And it is between anyone who is saying something like, <laughs> has a right to defend itself, or, viruses are real, and you're a, you're a psyop if you don't think so. So we have a tie there. We have a tie. Congratulations to you guys out there. Well played. A little bit more hardware coming, coming to some of you who've already picked up some awards. The next most, uh, the next award goes to, well, it is for the most absolutely retarded truth or idea that has uh, well let's just say it's not original to the year 2023 but it's certainly been bandied around and unfortunately gathered momentum this year the most retarded truth or idea is antarctica is a wall of ice a wall of ice Mm. dear god where do I even begin? That is just so unbelievably, flagrantly, insanely, manifestly f- I don't even know where to go with that. That is, it's like you guys have never, it's like you've just discovered the internet <laughs> and the first web page you've landed on is Antarctica is an ice wall. Um, so yes, a dubious award to be receiving, Not nothing to be proud of, but if that's, if that's you out there, you know, nothing personal, just for the love of God, please carry out some actual research. Due diligence, folks, please. Oh, wow. That one just really takes the cake. I don't, I don't care about the rest of it, you know, the, the, the rest of the paradigm that that concept is part of. Uh, you know, there are elements that are less dodgy about that paradigm. But that particular aspect of it is so completely retarded, it amazes me that anybody could fall for it. You have to have such colossal, colossal blind spots to buy into that. Anyway, here's a good one. Here's a positive one. Not not taking the piss, not mocking anybody. The next award is for the best published book on the afterlife for the year 2023. And the award goes to... Moody and Perry, Raymond Moody and Paul Perry for their book, Proof of Life After Life, Seven Reasons to Believe There is an Afterlife. And I 
I had Paul and Raymond on the show recently on the podcast. Recently, I think they were the maybe the second last show that I did. And it was great. It was an absolute cracker to have those two guys going back and forth. Um, a little bit of friendly argy-bargy between them at times. And just fun, a lot of fun. And Raymond is, is a wealth of knowledge on that subject and can just, you know, you can see what Paul meant when he said that Raymond is, is a guy, you know, if you have him over for dinner, you won't need any food because no one will eat. They'll just be so enthralled by what he's saying um, that they'll just be sort of like, you know, there with a with a fork at their mouth, but not quite getting it, the food in there because he is so he is so um, engaging and, and entertaining and in his sharing. You know, he can just talk and talk and talk. I mean, this guy, my God, I'm sure he could talk right through the night without having to take a breath. So it is a great book. I just read it actually recently um, over the last couple of weeks. So I got it done finally. Um, we did the interview before I read the book. Um, but I knew it was going to be good because I'm familiar with a bunch of Raymond's work. Obviously, he's the pioneer of the, um, one of the godfathers of the near-death experience research um, movement uh, and uh, actually coined the term near-death experience. So, yeah, having finally read the book, it is uh, an excellent read. It's, it's, a, it's a very good resource. And if you're interested in this subject, please do check it out. Um, you'll find it on Amazon for one thing. I don't love promoting, I don't like promoting Amazon at all, but you know, sometimes that's the uh, best way to get a, a book, sometimes. Um, but you'll find it in other places as well, no doubt. Now the next award goes to, I should say the next award is for, the best as yet unpublished book on the afterlife. And, drum roll please, well that book is The Grand Illusion Book 2 by Brendan D. Murphy. Congratulations, Brendan. Um, I'm sure it's going to be a cracker. Uh, but in all seriousness, I, I'm working on finally polishing this off and finishing it off. Um, it will be published in 2024. I've been saying that oh, it'll be this year. It'll be this year for, um, I guess, the last four years. But, you know, life has had other ideas, ladies and gents. And I appreciate your patience for those of you out there who've been waiting a while, maybe even since you know, 2012, 2013, when the book, book one came out. Um, I, you know, every now and then I get an email every one or two years from, from a guy, Michael, who's, who's asking me, where's, where's book two? Is it out yet? And, um, you know, the last few years I've been like, oh, I think this year or, yeah, no, hopefully next year. But it, it's actually, it will be published in 2024. Um, and then I can move on. I can finally, I'm already, because I've already got content for book three. Um, you know, this is how I work. Things tend to get a bit sort of out of hand. Um, it is going to be a big book. It's going to be long. It's going to be incredibly comprehensive. Um, and it's going to be, a, it's going to be much more than a collection of, you know, stories. Um, stories are important. They are crucial. Uh, they, they are an incredibly valuable source of information and data to work with. Um, so we need stories. We need, um, anecdotes. We need personal experiences, uh, but it's going to be much more than that. It's going to be much more eclectic, much more multidisciplinary. And um, I haven't seen another book like it on this subject. So if you're into it, you may want to, if you're into that stuff, you may want to jump on the, uh, the wait list where I can just put you on an email list where I can notify you when it is actually available. Um, you won't be emailed with anything else. It's just an email list for that one purpose. So we can just let you know when it's, when it's actually ready and published. Um, and I do have a link for that somewhere in my link in bio. Okay, so to get on the wait list, you can go here. Check it out. brendanmurphy.global slash link dash in dash bio. And um, that will get you on the 
you'll be able to find the book to waitlist button link. Click on that and that'll take you to the page. All right, so we've got a few more awards to get through. Let's get through them. I'll try not to take too long and go off on too many tangents. Let's see. <clears throat> uh, the next one is a very dubious uh, and unfortunate award. It is for the most children who have been bombed since September. And that dubious honor goes to the state of starts with is, ends with L. And of course, an honorable mention to the good old US of A there because um, none of none of this bloodshed would be possible without the, the uh, generous funding of Uncle Sam. So um, there you go, another piece of hardware for that entity out there in the uh, Mideast. And you know, still hiding behind the, uh, the ludicrous, spurious arguments of, uh, oh, we can't criticize us because it's anti-Semitic and all this garbage. Um, well, yes, we can, and uh, we will. The, uh, following, the next award is for the award for killing your own people and blaming so-called terrorists, which you fund and enable, and getting away with it. And the award does go to, drumroll, the state of starts with is, ends with L. Congratulations. Now the other, the next award is just uh, a little bit, a bit, little bit of fun. I found a, a great writer by the name of David Thrussell, who is uh, quite a, an articulate, eloquent, and entertaining writer. He actually is also a, um, he's also getting published in New Dawn, New Dawn magazine, and the award is for the best author bio, the funniest and best author bio for 2023. This this one actually literally made me laugh out loud. And it's not often that an author bio makes me laugh, but this one had me cracking up out loud. It is absolutely brilliant. David Thrussell wins the award for best author bio. So go and check out some of his writing. You'll find his bio attached to it. Um, big props to David there. And the next award is for the best radio voice, the best radio voice. And I have the pleasure of uh, interviewing some very worthy radio voice um, nominees and award recipients this year and since i've started doing the podcast back in 2020 um but the winners of this year's radio voice award are it is a tie for first place rob nayland and michael laflam now i had rob on the show uh this year to talk about his work with the sphinx and how he has shown and he is a sculptor and he has actually sculpted the sphinx sphinx re-sculpted it with the head of a lion after the goddess mehit and shown that uh it is much more plausible that it was originally carved with a lion's head and that it was you know altered and whittled down to a human form later on now i mentioned michael laflam uh he also has a very worthy radio voice and also, um, in, an interesting cat, entertaining character. We are uh, we are both in Mexico, and um, we're both connected by New Dawn magazine, actually. So thanks, David Jones, for that. Appreciate that. Um, two very very good silky radio voices right there, and do check out their stuff. I had Michael on the show this year as well, talking about I think it was this year. Yeah, must be uh, talking about Atlantis. His research into Atlantis. The uh, the book that he published. Um, is called Visions of Atlantis. And having read it, I can recommend it quite happily. It is a very, very interesting, very compelling piece of work. And there's another book I would suggest along these lines if you're super interested in, the, in that subject. <clears throat> and it is by Rand and Rose Flemath. It is called Atlantis Under the Ice. And if you are interested in that subject, I have to tell you, 
it is an absolute must read because they have pinned down in all probability they have pinned down the actual physical location of this lost uh, culture civilization um, <clears throat> the evidence you know overall in terms of whether or not these lost civilizations have been with us the evidence when you actually take a serious look at it it over time it becomes quite overwhelming it becomes very obvious that we did have civilizations that have been wiped out in various cataclysms um, you know I'm not going to go off on that tangent too much but um, those two books Michael Flem's book Visions of Atlantis and Rose and Rand Flem Ath's book Atlantis Under the Ice complement each other quite nicely um, very different very different flavors very different um, sorts of approaches um, and very not just worthy but essential additions to your Atlantis collection if you have one or if you're about to start one start with those Okay, so we're down to the last two awards for the year, I, be I believe. Let's check them out. So the next award is the Perennial Award for The Truth Are Most Likely to Ruin Christmas Family Dinner. I think we could all guess who that might be. Drum roll, please, though. Oh, that was terrible. Alex Jones. Congratulations, Alex. I, uh, I do love your rants. Alex's rants are... Second to none for passion and fire. Uh, the man is just when he gets going, it is a he becomes a force of nature, and it is <laughs> sometimes inspirational, sometimes hilarious. And you know, usually I see these these little clips of him circulating around social media. You know, someone's added a little graphic to it, made it made it look um, even more comical. And he, Alex, just going off, face turning red, you know, shouting louder and louder. Um, so yes, I think the the image there of him at, at a Christmas family dinner that was definitely implanted by an Instagram post that I saw floating around. Um, you can just see it, you know, sitting at the table, the turkey's there, and <laughs> they actually someone actually put those those graphics on the screen, and and there's Alex, you know, shouting, you know, you gotta get some of the spirit of God in you today, and you know, just going off. It was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So Alex Jones wins the perennial award for the truth of most likely to ruin Christmas family dinner. Which brings me to the last award of the year. And I'm going to do a little drum roll for it. It is the question of the year award. Question of the year. I've answered many questions in my time, ladies and gents, and I've pondered and considered many more. So the winner of this award, question of the year, goes to... Well, do you want to know the question first? I'll tell you the question. It is... Why do we have armpits, Daddy? I tell you what. That that stumped me. I I had to think about that. You know why? Why do we have armpits? I mean, really? Why do we have armpits? <laughs> so yes, that was from my uh, my little one. She wins the award for question of the year. Um. Which wraps up my little award ceremony. I think I might have skipped over a couple of um, similar ones like uh, Biggest Victim of Astronomical Coincidence and Biggest Denier of Cause and Effect Principle. They both go to the state of starts with is, ends with L. There you go. They've cleaned up, done really well for themselves this year. Um, but yeah, in all seriousness, what is happening over there um, is horrific to watch. Um, and, you know, aside from the fact that there are a lot of people who are simply mentally indoctrinated and just just so brainwashed that they can't actually they can't connect with any kind of um, rational 
kind of perspective or evidence-based thinking. Um, the, the problem really, it's, it's been interesting to watch phenomenologically because the, the people who are more traditionally, say, left-leaning or like left-wing, they have actually been much more useful since that um, situation kicked off in September. It's been the lefties who have been much more useful because they evidently are a little bit more, even though they're, they're wrong about pretty much everything else that they talk about, um, they've got this one right. And it would seem to me that it's just simply a matter of basic compassion and connection to the heart and human decency. I can keep shaking the table here. I'm sorry if I've been doing that for a while and making it wobble. Um, and you're watching the video of this. Just that basic heart connection tells you that what's happening is, is wrong. And that's all we should need. We shouldn't need to have to go and read a dozen or a hundred books on the history of, you know, Israel and how it came to exist and, you know, all of this stuff. We shouldn't need to do that in order to deprogram ourselves enough to recognize that what's happening is, is completely wrong. It's completely, if you adopt any kind of moral framework worth the name, you have to acknowledge that it is morally repugnant and reprehensible what is being done by the state of, starts with is, ends with L. So what's the solution? I mean, you can't, you can't reason with people who have abandoned the use of reason and logic, the people who are so brainwashed. Um, these people are, are brainwashed from a young age to see the others as their enemy and as subhuman. Um, and so we end up with this really awful, tragic, horrific situation where um, there, there's just, well, I mean, you guys know what's happening, right? Um, and I'm sure most of my listeners at this point don't need to be educated on, you don't need to be told um, that the government entity over there that is orchestrating this and causing all this destruction is in the wrong and has been for 70 plus years. Um so yes, we could go off on a whole tangent about that, but basically, yes, uh, the lefties finally got something right. They finally got something correct, and it was really disappointing to watch uh, a lot of the right wing type, right wing, right right wing types, um, more conservative types, jump on the the bandwagon of death and destruction, and you know, complete and utter immorality. Um, you know, cheering cheering for mass murder, baying for blood, um, not giving a shit that there were thousands of people, thousands of children being killed on a daily or over the, over the course of the weeks, um, thousands and thousands adding up and piling up. Um, really horrible and disappointing to watch. And again, that basic disconnection from the heart, the basic disconnection from compassion. Um, you know, I've been... For the last four years, I've seen overwhelmingly the people who have been most useful in terms of challenging the narrative have been the more right-leaning people. And then along comes this event in the Mideast, and suddenly they're just—they've got the uh, you know the states, the states phallus in their mouths, and they're going to town on it. It's just unbelievable to watch. The you think people are kind of waking up and figuring out what's going on, but then you, oh well, no, there's this other aspect of their programming that gets activated and, and you can suddenly see some of the limitations of certain people. You know, it's kind of like the Jordan Peterson um, effect where we, we watch this guy come out of nowhere challenging the leftist sort of woke stuff and, you know, saying, I'm not going to be, uh, I will not be told that I have to use pronouns. 
um, you know, and and that was how he he, he got onto everybody, every um, everyone's radars, and you know, making a very rational case and a rational challenge against the the insanity and the non logic of the 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 wokeness, the woke agenda, and all this garbage that these people are, are ramming down our throats, um, and then you know, over <laughs> since since 2020, say we start to see some of the the incredible blind spots and. Um, Areas where you know there's just this massive conditioning and brainwashing being activated, these programs activated in people. Um, contagion has been foundational to that. The, the belief in contagion has been absolutely foundational for the success of the propaganda over the last few years. Um, and you know, Jordan's one of, one of those people who showed that uh, he was not up to speed on that. He was not informed. Colossal blind spots there. And then, of course, the Middle East situation. You know, what was his tweet? Give him hell. Um, you know, again, just just absolutely showing cluelessness in an area which, you know, as a, as an you know an influencer or someone with a massive following who who has the capacity to use that influence to do something good or to to fuel the uh, I don't want to use the term evil, but for want of a better term, to fuel the evil and support the evil in the world, um, you know, you have a responsibility to do. Your homework before you spout off your opinions, um, and it was really—it's been really quite shocking in many instances to see people who who are otherwise intelligent and informed in certain areas. You know, um, Ken Wilber talks about lines of development, and we have these people—people people develop along certain lines quite well. But then you you have these other areas where they're just completely retarded and backwards, um, and you know. That's what we've seen. Uh, the the right wingers over this past few months of the year of 2023 have shown some. You know, they've shown us where their programming has, has not been addressed. Their brainwashing has not been rectified, um, and their knowledge base has been um, revealed as woefully inadequate. Um, so you know, I, I don't identify with either of the the wings of the the political bird um, because it's a rigged system, and because you know you end up with if you do that, if you take a doctrinal approach, you end up massively. Um, blind in certain areas because you have to be you have to be blind to one thing to to believe in the other the other team's version of reality um, but the reality is that both teams have their colossal blind spots I mean we all do right and part of the job is just to to work on that and to chip away at our monumental ignorance and the, the fact of the matter is we're never going to win that game um, in the end because we exist in a sea of information that is for all intents and purposes infinite. So there's infinite information, and you are a finite little human meat sack. Obviously, you're a multidimensional spiritual being, blah, 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 infinite. This has been my message from you know, years and years back. But in terms of the human experience and trying to keep up to date with information, you are always going to be on the back foot, and you are always going to be infinitely ignorant. I mean, even as we speak, the amount of information being generated by different fields of human endeavor is increasing exponentially. I mean... If you even just pick one subject and try to read every single paper, every scholarly paper, every study, every blog post, watch every video about it, you'll find that one subject, you do not have enough hours in the day. So we have to, and let alone the other subjects. So my point is like, while we, while we criticize, <laughs> like I like to do, you know, I criticize people and, and say, well, you know, obviously there's some limitations here, there's some blind spots there, there's some brainwashing. Um, and some ignorance, we're all fundamentally infinitely ignorant. So, um, you know, we have to make allowances for that. And the reality is that if we 
if we have to agree with every little thing that the next person believes, we'll never get on with anybody. We'll never be able to work together with anyone because we we all have differing views on certain things. Um, and we're all going to be infinitely ignorant until we die. Um, so a few thoughts around that's been, yeah, been an interesting year, kind of the veil lifting, you know, the, the good old apocalypse, the revealing, the great revealing, showing us what people are made of, what their blind spots are, where their biases are, um, where they're not willing to look. But the great thing is the opportunity to look, <laughs> as you've probably noticed, has been, never been better. The opportunity to see the things that have been suppressed and hidden under the rug, for years and decades now, maybe centuries, now it's it's almost hard to avoid it, you know? And, you know, people like me are kind of putting it in your face deliberately because that's what I do. I'm an informer, um, which is the purpose of the podcast. It's the purpose of my writing. Um, and if, you, uh, if you're into human design, you know, I, I have to confess to being a manifester. So in that system, which means that fundamentally I'm all about informing. So kind of doing what I do makes perfect sense. Um, and when I when I finally discovered or you know got into exploring um, human design a couple of years ago, uh, you know I I was like wow this is this is very interesting it's making a lot of sense in terms of my life history my experience in life uh, my my proclivities and tendencies it makes a lot of sense and I'm seeing the ways it makes sense of other people as well um, including Amy and um, our little one as well. So yes, maybe shifting gears now, I um, thought I'd let you know a few of the more popular Substack publications that I put out this year. So going in, uh, let's say starting in August and going backwards, um, just some of, the, some of the more popular ones you might want to check out if you haven't already seen them. August of 2023, Graham Hancock, Plagiarist and Scavenger. And I phrase that as a question because I, I don't want to necessarily, you know, I'm not trying to trash the guy, but that was the name of the article, Plagiarist and Scavenger. Um, June of 2023, does it really matter or not? This is the question of uh, whether the, the viruses or the virus actually really exists. Does it really matter or not? And I make the case in that, in that article as to why it does. Um, in May of 2023 this year, we had... The Rabies Delusion Revealed, and that one may have been the most read that I've published so far on Substack. The Rabies Delusion Revealed, a little bit about the history of rabies and how he came to believe in yet another medical superstition. Um, March of 2023, we had How Illness Actually Spreads, and I was talking about this early, right at the start of the show, How Illness Actually Spreads, and... Um, that's, that's the article there, but if you want the video presentation, go and check it out inside the end of COVID. It's a little bit more detailed. It's based on the article, but a little more extensive. And then January of this year, we had the Soul Trap PSYOP. And this talks about the idea that we are in a sort of a prison on Earth, a soul trap. Um, and, you know, the different variations on that theme. Um, you know, I can tell you right now that it, it, it is nonsense. Um, and a lot of it, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> have a drink of tea here. A lot of that, that um, paradigm has come out of um, some really dodgy information and ideas that have not been well thought out at all. 
so yes, do check that out, and you'll find that my when I do finally publish book two, it it does while it, the focus is not the soul trap idea, it is very much related and relevant to that. The research, the different strands of research that come together in that book, uh, speak really directly to that idea, and um, you'll find it to be. By the time you've read read that book, you will find that soul trap idea very highly unconvincing. Um, and that the reason I call it a psyop, I don't think it's you know like a government psyop as such. I just think it's people being stupid and believing in a bunch of bullshit that they haven't researched properly, that they don't have a that they don't have a perspective, a, a well enough developed perspective to actually assess the the ideas involved, um, which is just you know part of the course. That's what that's what we do. Humans, um, and then lastly, from 2022, I'll just give you a little 2022 honorable mention here. Um, five huge historical uh, pointy thing frauds. I'm not going to use the word. Yes, five huge historical pointy thing frauds. I think that actually may have been the most uh, popular one out of them all. But uh, there you go. So some of my Substacks you might be interested in checking out and reading. Um, you can read all of my Substacks or 95% of them for free as things currently stand. And uh, this sh- lets me, now that we've gone through that, I want to shift to the top eight Truthiverse podcasts of the year, the top eight episodes. And by far and away, Adam and Josh Bugelson with The Secrets of Holographic Blood was far and away the most popular episode. Um, and, you know, knowing Adam and being mates with him, uh, fortunately he came to actually live where I live, which is phenomenal. Uh, we were con- connected at first by our mutual friend Eileen McCusick, who's a legend. Um, and Adam actually came to live in the area. So I've been able to, by, by knowing these guys and getting to know Adam, learn more and more and um, get more and more familiar with this this information, this paradigm. And it filled in a, well, I mean, it filled in one or two very important gaps uh, for me and gave me some some interesting things to think about. So if you haven't seen that, you need to go and check it out. Secrets of a Holographic Blood, one of the episodes from about six months ago, I think roughly, as of filming this. And next up, we have Ralph Ellis with New Revelations About the Old Testament. And that one was very popular, New Revelations About the Old Testament, Ralph giving his very extensively researched take on the characters and the timelines, timeline of the, uh, the Old Testament characters, what was really going on, who they really were, um, how the dates may be incorrect and why. Very, very interesting stuff. So go check that out. The other one of Ralph's that was very popular as well was um, Cracking the Jesus Code. So focusing on the uh, Jesus Savior figure in the New Testament. That also was very popular. Check that out as well. The, uh, the next one is Demi Pitchell, Inside the Elon Musk Agenda. That one was well-received as well, so go and check that one out with Demi. Uh, big fan of Demi. She's an awesome, awesome human. And uh, up next was Amanda Volmer with Confessions of a Blacklisted Naturopath. There I am hitting the desk again with the arm of the chair. <laughs> so professional. Um, that was, was well-received, so go and check that out if you missed it. Uh, the next one was The Censored History of Smallpox by yours truly um, and the uh, one of my articles that I mentioned already the five huge historical pointy thing frauds was actually the basis for that episode I do believe so go and check that out if you missed it or if you'd rather read about it go and just read the substack the next episode uh, in this list of the most popular was Alabar Jones's one about demonic interference demonic entities very well received and following that last but definitely not least 
Troy McLaughlin with The Saturn Death Cult Revealed. This was easily one of my favorite episodes of the year. I ended up speaking with Troy for, I think, two and a half, two and three quarter hours um, in total. Uh, and just, you know, he's one of these guys who could have kept going for 10, 12 hours. No problem, no problem, just keep talking. And I would have been happy to listen to it um, as well. It was very, very interesting um, for many reasons. So I, if you haven't seen it, I, I do recommend that one. Go and check it out. And they were, yeah, basically the top eight or so um, most popular podcasts of Truth Versus this year. Uh, as far as next year goes, the year ahead, what am I going to be doing? So looking at publishing book two, as I've been saying, this is this has been just kind of dragging itself out for far too long now. And I, it's, it's one of these things where I keep finding interesting threads and wanting to work more information into it, but at the same time needing to move on. Um, so, yes. Some of it is showing up in bits and pieces, piecemeal in, in Substack blogs, um, a little bit more extensively maybe in Inside the Truthiversity where sometimes I will publish the article but also provide an audio file of it, a reading of it. Um, so if you want the readings of it, go and you know, become a member there. So let me, with that said, um, yeah, I want to get that out. Um, that is my primary focus as well as continuing to run um, the Truthiversity and put really uh, solid content in there across a number of different fields. You know, if you don't know me well yet, um, I am interested in a lot of different things. And so, uh, you know, I'm also interested in informing about a lot of different things and helping people to overcome blind spots across the areas that I'm interested in. Um, so I'm going to continue doing that. One of the things I'm about to put into the Truthiversity is I'm going to publish a module on the Sphinx so getting into some of the research around that, including uh, some of the research by Rob Nayland and Manu Saifzadeh, his colleague. Very interesting stuff. So if you want to know, if you want to get the full download of what I'm doing, including you know all the, the complete podcast episodes, um, you know, I'm going to publish this particular episode in its entirety for free publicly. Um, but yeah, if you want all of the episodes in their entirety, then um, you, know, you can become a member of the Truth of Vesity for approximately the cost of like three cups of coffee a month, right? It's like nothing. Um, so there you go. That, that's uh, one thing I'll be doing. And uh, other ways I can serve you. Let me just have a quick look here. So as I said, if you want to get on the wait list for book two, this is going to be one of the most unique and powerful investigations into the subject of the afterlife and the nature of consciousness, the survival of consciousness that's ever been done. Um, so go to brendanmurphy.global slash link dash in dash bio. I'll put some of these links in the show notes if I remember to. <laughs> um, I've also got an upcoming masterclass, How to Evolve Yourself Without Hard Work or Meditation. And you can jump on the, uh, the link I just mentioned to find your way there. Or you can um, save your seat at evolveyourself.live. One of the other things we're doing is Amy and I are running the online business stuff. We're doing online business trainings. We uh, we have a, a business community where we not only show people how to create an online business and how to monetize social media, but we have uh, we work with people. We work with a team. We have a community. Um, we have our trainings going. At this point, we're doing them on Fridays. Uh, and if you want to book a seat for one of those trainings, it is onlinefreedomhackers.com slash thrive. And as I said, last but not least, I mentioned Truthiversity already. So this is basically where, where Substack meets Netflix meets podcasting. It's all my premium content. It's, as I said, for approximately the cost of three coffees a month. 
um, which is ridiculous considering the amount of time and effort and energy and, and the value that I'm putting in there. Uh, so I would, I mean, my preference is, you know, hopefully if you have a little bit of, a little bit more time, my preference would be join me in the Truthversity and get access to more, get everything, not just the little bits and pieces that I'm putting out on Substack for free. And of course, if you want to just support me on Substack, I welcome that too. You can make a like a five dollar a month, um, you know, pledge, which I greatly appreciate. And on that note, I want to say to those of you who are contributing, um, whether it's through a Truthversity membership or through a Substack pledge, thank you so much. Um, it really it, it really means a lot to me. Um, I know that if you are pledging, that you see value in what I'm doing. Firstly. And um, I know that I'm probably then impacting you in, in some positive ways as well. Um, I know I'm not always the most comfortable um, guy to follow along with, right? Because the whole point, as far as I'm concerned, the whole point of me being here on this earth at this point in time is is to destroy <laughs> falsehoods. And you know, in a world where we are indoctrinated into a thousand and one falsehoods from the first breath that we take, obviously... You know, someone like me can be very potentially very triggering. Um, and one of the one of the recent comments I had from somebody who was a member of the Truth Diversity was that she had watched a it was a short video um, about the uh, the phenomenon of projection and you know the unconscious and some of these psychodynamics that we see playing out, particularly in the in the left or leftist realm. Um, and she she came and dropped a comment saying that she. When she first watched that video, she wasn't actually ready for it, and she'd had to come back and, and then watch it again from a different space, you know, months later. And then she found a lot of value in it and was able to appreciate it. So she was very grateful and left me a really nice comment about that. So, you know, I get that I I, I can be triggering. Don't take any of it personally. None of this is is personal. You know, <laughs> you don't need to send me an email telling me what you think or why I'm wrong or why you're offended. You know, no one can make you offended. That's actually one of the 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 things that you know we've could have mentioned earlier the whole being offended thing this has been for the last couple of years or maybe a little bit more when did it start probably i think this really started to take off around 2017 ish ish 2016 where suddenly um being offended was this sort of weird social currency it became a social currency like oh well the more offended you are the more value your opinions have as if as if your emotions and feelings make something valid or not uh, which is nonsense. Nobody makes you offended. That that happens as a result of your own internal subjective processing of information reaching you from the outside world. And the way that you construct meaning, the way that you interpret things and imbue them with meaning, and then you know the way that that information reaching you interacts with your existing belief systems uh, and models of the world, that is what causes your emotional responses. It's your identifications with your beliefs uh, in other words, your identity and the way that you unconsciously perceive that as being challenged that leads you to be offended. And it's nobody's fault but your own. You know, you're responsible for that. I'm responsible for my feeling responses to things or people, statements, senten uh, sentiments, ideas. Nobody else. Nobody else is responsible for how I feel about things, right? If you come up to me in the street and say, hey, I think you're a dickhead, you know what? I'm not really going to care. I don't care. Because... <laughs> there is a point where if you've done enough work on yourself, if you've done enough shadow work um, and processed enough of your, your demons, um, that there's very little scope for the outer world to really you know, upset you or offend you. Um, ultimately, if you're being offended a lot, that just means to me that you've got a lot of shadow work to do. You've got a lot of inner work to do. 
Um, and it, it's like, well, look, you've got a lot of potential. Look at all the potential, the potential you've got um, for self-mastery that you ha- currently haven't realized or claimed yet. Um, so the more triggered you are, the more potential you have to start reclaiming yourself and, and moving in the direction of liberation and self-mastery. Um, which is what, which is the whole purpose of the whole evolve yourself thing, um, which you'll see in the in the ma- uh, the master class if you um, haven't seen it already. You know, moving towards self mastery and liberation, um, and you know that means not being at the whim of the external world, at not being um, blown about like an autumn leaf on the wind. Um, you know, being steady within your center. Uh, it doesn't matter what anybody thinks of you. Um, so what? So what? If anybody out there is listening and you, you're a little bit left-leaning or one of these hardcore sort of leftists or fourth-wave neo-femme types um, and you've been offended at some point during this show, well, consider what I'm saying here. Consider what I'm saying. Maybe it has nothing to do with me whatsoever. Maybe it's all about the way you internally construct your reality. It's a subjective response. That's why you could line up 100 people in a row and tell them the same dirty joke and you'll get a hundred different reactions. Someone might be offended, but the person next to them might not be. Because it's a subjective response. It's your own idiosyncratic response to the world. Um, and you don't get more points or you know, your opinion doesn't gain more validity just because of your emotional responses to things. Um, you need to deal with your shit. And we need to deal with the facts, not feelings. Feelings aren't facts. Um, so yes, there you go. Thanks for coming to my TED talk. <laughs> I'm going to stop on that tangent. Um, yes, I think that I've reached maybe arguably the so-called logical conclusion to the show at this point. Um, if you're still with me, thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the channel if you resonate with any of this. Um, stay post um, so I can keep you posted um, or connect through you know Substack, all the other things I've mentioned. And uh, I will be back for what I think is going to be season five of the podcast in 2024. So uh, that'll be interesting. I've already got a bunch of epic humans lined up. And I do intend to do a little bit more of my own stuff in, in 2024. I didn't get a lot done this year in terms of doing my own shows, talking about um, you know subjects that I'm into. I just haven't had a lot of the time available. I've just, just been juggling way too much stuff and um yeah hopefully that'll settle down a bit this year uh with that said ladies and gents thanks again appreciate your interest appreciate your support stay awesome out there and i will see you sparkly and fresh in 2024 for season five hope you're enjoying the holiday season and uh let's keep in touch ciao for now brendan over and out Do you ever wonder how to accelerate your growth, healing, and evolution without hard work, meditation, or spending thousands? Over my years as a conscious seeker, I've encountered one DNA activation and healing method that stands out above the rest and does just that. It's a uniquely potent evolutionary modality that helped me break out of feeling blocked and disconnected, allowing me to unfold more and more of my potential and true self, as well as deepening my spiritual connection, enhancing my energy levels, and more fully activating my body's healing mechanisms. It also remedied a major but little-known energetic blockage which most people have but don't even realize. Now this convenient transformational method forms the core of my Evolve Yourself course, which has helped hundreds of spiritually awake people to accelerate their growth and evolution with minimal effort or cost. Learn everything you need to know at evolveyourself.live.